Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Welcome back to Ag Credit Set It for another episode. I'm Libby Wickstead and I'm here with Matt Adams. And today, Libby, we got some really a fun topic. Um, for one, happy to uh, finally get uh, one of our uh, one of our uh, compadres here across the board. Um, today, we are uh, talking about social media. You know, it's uh, it's a broad range of stuff to cover today. So we're going to have a lot of great content here. Yeah, and the social media will be more for your direct marketing rather than branding your farm. And we will um, put in the show show notes um, some of the other episodes that talk about marketing. And we'll talk about that um, here a little bit later on. But we are so excited because we have um, our marketing coordinator, Kayla Laubacher, with us today. And she, we've tried and tried and tried to get her uh, off of the soundboard and, and a mic in front of her. So we are super excited to have Kayla with us to talk about social media. So welcome, Kayla. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know you guys have been waiting to get me on this side of the microphone. And now it's nobody's running the board. So this is going to be about <laughs> as raw and uncut as it gets here, guys. So. We're all playing double duty here. <laughs> yeah. But Kayla, uh, you know, you know the drill here. Um, you know, we're going to quiz you here. Tell us a little bit, you know, about how you became to get into marketing, kind of some of your background and uh, yeah. all that fun stuff. So I have actually have an interesting start to marketing. When I went to college, I actually went to college for pharmacy, fun fact. Lasted about one quarter in that at Ohio State. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is not for me. Like, what was I thinking? So switched to Ag Biz right away, and I had done DECA, um, the marketing program in high school, which is what got me interested into marketing. Um and so really, once I switched to AgBiz, I knew that I wanted to work in marketing. Um, and so I had an opportunity in college to intern with AgCredit in 2011. I worked with Connie Ruth at the time in the marketing department. And I actually worked on the loan side as well while I was an intern and realized quickly that like loan officer was not my calling, but like marketing <laughs> still was. Um, now, now, what are you saying? I mean, you got two account officers here. I mean, they're saying that we're, we're hard to get along with. Oh, no, something? I'm just saying you guys are just so great with the numbers. And like, maybe the numbers weren't my thing. Or like, surprisingly... Um, just the, I'm like, I'm outgoing, I feel like with people I know, but not necessarily like talking to prospects and, you know, that type of role, you know, in the lending. But, um, when I graduated from Ohio state, there was an opportunity to come into a full-time marketing role at ag credit. So went with that. Um, a few years later, Connie retired. So I was able to move up and take her position as marketing coordinator. Um, and so this year I'll be celebrating my 10 year anniversary at ag credit, which seems crazy. Like I was the youngest person here for so long and now I'm like the middle-aged person, which seems weird. You could probably the relate. Ten, the 10 year person. Like legit here. tenured. Yeah. But that's so. hard to believe. Well, congratulations yeah, on thanks. your 10 years. And I know time flies by. I'm not, I'm just a little bit behind you on that, which is hard to believe. Yeah. So, and, and wait, uh, before we go any further, uh, uh, Libby, Kayla is not giving herself enough due credit here. We need to talk about your operation at home, oh, too. I have heard about this. I have not ventured your way yet to see it. But tell us a little bit about the uh, the uh, family farm. Yeah, so I married into a farm family, so that's fun. I was in 4-H and all that like growing up, but definitely different than like the actual production ag. Um, so my in-laws um, have a grain farm, and then they also um, raise cattle. And then we have a pumpkin farm, Jason's Pumpkin Patch in Oak Harbor. Got to give a little plug for that. So um, my husband and I partner with his parents on that. 
Um, and it's the full agritourism deal. We have pumpkins, hayride, corn maze, a food stand with the donuts. We just added donuts, which was huge. Uh, petting zoo. We <laughs> I, do. B- I believe we need some samples <laughs> right. next, next time. Yes, definitely. So. Um, we host a lot of field trips, um, but really we're that one-stop shop in Oak Harbor for your fall agritourism activities. Um, so I think that gives me a good perspective on what we're going to talk about today, which is social media, because we use social media so much, not only in ag credit, but through that farm business, you know, um, to advertise and get the word out of what we're doing, events we're hosting, um, and all that. So, yeah. Did Jason's pumpkin patch start from an SAE project? No. So he okay. actually, I don't think he was in FFA actually. Okay. He, um, his little funny story that we like to t- that he always tells people of how it started was he you know grew pumpkins in the backyard and sold them to his mom the first year and then Aww. I think she got really into it too so they kind of just grew you know they sold pumpkins out of their garage um, when I I think it started in two thousand and one actually so this will be our twenty third year technically um, which is crazy when I started dating Jason. That was like the first year I think that they added hay rides, and it was funny because they had two hay rides a day at, on the weekends at one and three, and now just to where we are now, we literally run hay rides from ten a.m. to seven p.m. on the weekends, back to back to back all day long. So, so it's just funny. So the think. date nights were, hey, listen, we need to go run the hay rides and work the pumpkin patch. <laughs> yeah, right? I joke about that and like, how many girls want a fall date to the pumpkin patch? And I'm like, I live in the dream, man. <laughs> so you know, I always get intrigued on especially the agritourism and just diversification. From starting with the the backyard pumpkin patch and selling to you know, you're always your number one your number one uh, person. Your mom you gotta sell to. <laughs> what on average uh, do you guys uh, have now after being in this for what do you say uh, 23 seasons? Yeah, um, we so we grow 10 acres of pumpkins now. 10 acres. Yeah, it's a lot of pumpkins. <laughs> that is a lot of pumpkins. And we actually plant. This is crazy. Over a hundred. Last year, I think the count was 121 different varieties of pumpkins, gourds, and squash. And a lot of those are just are orange pumpkins, but every single one is a different variety. Mm-hmm. So it has a different name and a different seed. And we um, hand plant them. We sit on the back of a six-row planter and hand drop them and switch seeds every so many hills. And it takes it takes like a whole day. <laughs> so are you guys into growing those like ginormous pumpkins? Do you have, do you guys like take them to any fairs or anything? No, we don't do any shows. We do grow giants, but we don't do any like special care to them. Uh, so like we just get, but we still get some pretty decent sized ones. And we have um, some people that come every year straight to us just to get large pumpkins. Like we have a few regulars that, and they'll even message us, you know, in September, like, hey, save me the biggest one. And we have a few people, you <laughs> what's, know. What's we'll, the yield looking like this year? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll, you know, take them out on the gator out to the field and let them pick it. Cause we're like, we know you come every year. You're like, you're, you like us for that. And that, you know, we're grateful that you come back to support us every year. So we'll give them the gator ride, which they think is cool. And that's, that's always awesome. Fun. I think that's the most fun part about the agritourism. The best and the worst part is sharing your farm. Cause you know, when you're sharing your farm, you're going to get some negative people just that don't understand agriculture. And that's where we have the opportunity to share the story of agriculture. Um, but it is fun to show it off too. Like on the hayride, you know, we drive through the pumpkin patch and like people just think that's so cool. We stop by our, the cow pasture and throw a pumpkin in and, you know, watch the cows eat the pumpkin, which mm-hmm. is just for us, that's like everyday life. But, you know, for people coming to the yeah, farm, it's cool I, to show that. I look at that as kind of too full. You said it's, it's great because you're opening your farm up to the general public. Yeah. The bad part of that is you're opening your farm <laughs> up to the general public. Yeah. But I think, you know, what we're going to dive in today is I still feel that's one of the big uh, struggles in agriculture as a whole is getting our story out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where social media comes, uh, you know, from some of our different podcasts, uh, uh, people on. And 
just different things we do here uh, with the association, social media is becoming huge, if, if not growing constantly. Yeah, and really creating a Facebook page and a website. Um, when I, like I said, joined kind of the farm, I guess, I created those for the patch. And those after that, we just grew exponentially. Just, I think, you know, local people knew who we were just from driving by and seeing signs. But when you can get Facebook and start sharing posts and people share your posts, you know, you get the word out there so much faster. Um, so yeah, creating Facebook and it's free, you know, it's your time to create mm -hmm. it. Um, the posts and all that, it just, that's what made us grow for sure. So, you know, Libby and I talked before we started this, she says, Matt, you know, you really, you want me to take the lead on this? Um, Cause I'm <laughs> she have she seen me looking at the questions like, I don't know anything about social media here. So that is my first question. When people talk social media, what are we talking about? Yeah, so obviously you're talking about all those different platforms that you hear about, and there's so many of them. So social media, when you say it as a whole, can so easily become overwhelming so quickly. You know, you have your Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok's super popular right now, Twitter, um, what I missed, LinkedIn, you know, for your professionals. And there's even more, actually. Those are your main, you know, pages that you know. But I would say for what we're talking about here, the direct marketing, you know, Facebook, I think is going to be your best bet. We we do have an Instagram as well, but we definitely get way more traffic and interaction on the Facebook page. So just depending what you're selling or what you're trying, you know, what your goal maybe is of the social media page will help you determine like what platform you need to be on. But yeah, for what we're talking about today, I think we're going to focus a lot on kind of Facebook, Instagram. And I think it just depends, too. It's very generational on what social media platform you're going to be on, too. Mm -hmm. um, and, and again, like you said, your content is going to be a little different on each of them. You know, like, obviously, AdCredit has their own, and we're on certain ones for a reason, too. And I think it's good to be on multiple different ones just to get those different generations. And who knows, you know, with the next generation coming up, there's probably going to be another <laughs> so, social media so platform. So it's, it's just funny you say generational. My young daughter's at home. They asked me, if Dad, are you on social media? Well, yeah, I got Facebook and, uh, you know, and Twitter. So Twitter, th that's for old people, Dad. <laughs> I was like, that was like the first thing I was ever on. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Well, it's funny because my kids even now, they know that we'll, you know, sometimes we'll scroll TikTok at night. And so they'll lay in bed and be like, we watch a few TikToks. Like they want to, they know what it is too. And they're like, can we scroll through some TikToks before bed? I'm like, what? No. <laughs> That's amazing. I will say for like TikTok, I, I follow um, several farmers on TikTok and it just surprises me how many, how many farmers are out there and they have traction. I mean, they have mm -hmm. several, several followers and it's just simple things of guys in the field, you know, when they're planting or harvesting. And even I'm sure if like the agritours, I don't really follow agritourism that much on um, TikTok, but it's just amazing how much that's exploded, you know, with followers. And, and, you know, I think today we're talking more on just like direct marketing, not necessarily being a social media influencer, um, where some of these other farmers are probably being more like influencers, but using it as advertisement. Um, but so with that, for, I got a shout out an episode oh. first. If you want to hear about oh, influencing as a producer, you know, my job is to market this podcast. So if you want to hear about um, social media influencing, go listen to our episode with Zoe Kent. It was, I don't know what number it was, but I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also we have, so we're separating this too from Braiding Your Farm, which we had Stacey McCracken, who is the true produ producer of our podcaster company, McCracken Co. Um, and there is, is episode number 18. So that's more for your grain farmers. Or I 
shouldn't say grain farmers, but any of your um, traditional farmers who are looking to um, brand your farm and, you know, create um, some some posts or websites or things like that for your farm just to get more land or grow your farm or just have a name um, for people to to refer back to. So, okay. Going back to that before we, you know, how to give our shout out on our episodes, <laughs> their own little plug. I always struggle with what do I post? Why do these people care about what I have to post? You know, what what content should I be sharing that would be interesting to people and share my brand? Yes, this is like the million dollar question for people on social. And like even me working in marketing, like I do social media, like as my job for ad credit. And I still get stumped sometimes on the pumpkin patch side. And literally anything can be content. Um, what you have to remember is what seems boring and average to you is interesting to that consumer. They, they don't work on the farm day to day. So like take a snapshot of what work you're doing, take a little video clip or, you know, and share that and explain what you're doing. Like for us in the pumpkins, you know, we're going to be ordering seeds. So you bet I'm going to take some photos of all the catalogs out and I'll spread over our table of like, Hey, we're ordering seeds today, you know, cause they don't realize either when you have a seasonal business that you're really doing that year round, it's seasonal for the consumer that's coming. But for us, like we're thinking pumpkins all year round, like mm-hmm. we're ordering seeds in March. So we're going to share about that. Um, so literally just anything like that you can post any behind the scenes. Um, and then this is going to sound silly cause you'd think it'd be obvious, but post about what you're selling. If you know, if you're a fruit stand and you're selling fruit or, you know, ears of corn or, you know, sweet corn or whatever, post when you have fresh, post what's coming in, post what you're going to have. You know, people want to see the product. They want to know what you have available. And like I said, that seems so obvious, but like you forget sometimes, you know, you might post about it one time and think you're good, but like keep posting about it. Um, With the algorithms on social media, not everyone sees every post. So you can repeat posts. You can post similar things like over and over and, you know, each post will hit different people just depending on the interactions it gets. Um, Hold on. Can you share what algorithms are? Yeah. So the algorithm is kind of the behind the scenes of the social media um, where the platform kind of, depending on you as the user, what you click on, what you're viewing, it'll kind of customize your news feed for what it thinks you're going to be interested in. Um, So, you know, depending what maybe ads you stop and watch, what ads you interact with, what posts you like or comment on, it's going to kind of start serving you content based on that. So, you know, one post you create might not reach Libby, but it might reach Matt because mm-hmm. it just the way it was worded or what the picture is possibly might relate with stuff he's been clicking on and vice versa. You know, you could use that same post, but maybe word it different and it might hit Libby's feed. So it's interesting kind of how that works. And it can be frustrating too, you know, because you don't mm-hmm. always have control um, over that. Um, but another big thing I was going to say that's a good posting is your story, your farm story. Who are you? Who are you as the farmer or the producer that's creating this? You know, um, before we, we talked about the story of Jason's pumpkin patch and how we mm-hmm. started, um, you know, so we share that story. We share a family photo because, you know, you're not, you're more than a business. You're an individual that's putting your time and efforts into this product or service or whatever it is. So talk about yourself. People want to know who's, who's behind it. Um, and that's something I think you can almost post at least once a month, like you're, maybe a little intro about yourself because hopefully you're gathering new followers as you go. So and you're kind of refreshing have that. Yep. Uh, okay. Exactly. So, um, you know, talking about that and I, I, why well, I, I was thinking to myself, I really thought it was interesting. You said, you know, what, what should I post to me, your pumpkin patch. And that is very interesting to me where I feel that if I would post something about where we are traditional grain farm, why would you want to see me planting corn or loading trucks where 
possibly uh, like cattle producers may want to see that because they do not see the the grain side of the operation mm-hmm. or, or you, know, you get a lot of feedback from you know maybe non-farmers on on that stuff i mean you get you get questions asked i mean is it does it when does it draw people to your to your thing that you know are, they ask off the wall questions or are, are truly interested in what you're doing they really are actually, yeah. Like on, um, I used to actually give hay rides back in the day. I have since been promoted and don't have to give hay rides anymore. <laughs> we have high school kids for that <laughs> that do most of that. But you know, you really did get a lot of questions, and you could really tell when people were interested. And we gave, we have like a little spiel. We'll give on the hay ride. We'll stop and talk about our operation, and people really are interested. Um, or they'll say like, "Hey, I saw you posted about this. Like, so we had to come check it out." And it's great because it gives you an opportunity to share more about that. And like you said, you know, oh, it's boring seeing like corn being planted, but a lot of people just don't. They don't know, know what goes into what it that is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or same with pumpkin planting. So, um, social media just gives you really another platform to share our story, to talk about agriculture, and educate people. So how you know when we start posting stuff? How often should a person post? I mean, we talking something every hour, once a month, once a year. I mean, believe me, I'm I am probably nowhere going to. My wife has talked about you know you know, wanting to do some type of social media thing for our farm. But how often do you see posting should should happen? I'm sure it probably goes by season, too, in agriculture at least anyways. Yeah. Um, and so really the answer is just whatever you can maintain consistently. So, like, you don't necessarily need to post every single day, but if you can post at least three to four times a week and that's something you can manage and do consistently every week, just do that. Like, say you're going to just create a schedule and say Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, I'm going to post. You know, you don't want to be posting, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then kind of go silent for five days. You your fo- I'm sure your followers start kind of getting used to when you're going to be Yeah, kind of your cadence. Stuff. And the thing that's weird with social, too, is we go back to that algorithm. Like, sometimes even in my feed, I'll get a post from two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So, you know, just keep that in mind. You know, if you have something coming up on the weekend, you might want to be posting about that a few days ahead, not like on Saturday morning. Um, so, yeah, whatever you can consistently maintain – Definitely go with that, but it doesn't need to be every single day. You don't necessarily need a post every single hour. If if most of your business is internet-based, which mm-hmm. that's different kind of than what we've been talking about, but, you know, if you are trying to get sales through the internet sales, you know you probably need to be posting more so that you're getting sales, but that's not like your main, you know, avenue. Like we're, you know, we have a brick and mortar. People come and buy pumpkins from us. Right. You know, that's we're not relying on the internet just to make sales, so, you know. So a little less. And you want to drive, what you're trying to do there too is if you have an e-commerce business is you're trying to drive them to your website so they are um, going through what your products are and, you know, and purchasing things that way. You know, if you have freezer beef and you're selling Mm -hmm. it, you know, the more you're posting that, like you said, the more you can maintain it, the more it's going to drive them to your website or to whatever platform that you have where they can purchase those things. Yep. And I think that's the most, you know, the most important. That's why I kind of wonder, you know, with all the different social media platforms, is the traditional website still out there? We still want to send people there, but is that kind of maybe push the, the back burner a little bit because we're, you know, it's there, it's it's the end result. But uh, yeah, you can, used to be, you know, your website was your big, big thing. Yeah. I mean, that's what you always promote. Where now it seems like... Um, most people, it's they'll they'll put out their you know their Instagram handle or their stuff like to find you know it's it's not our our dot com website that we're promoting as much anymore. Yeah, well, the thing to remember though is social media is a free platform, but you don't own that. It could go away at any time. There was a time I don't it was 
couple years ago where Instagram just like blacked out for like a day. And it was like all these people had internet based businesses or social media based businesses and like you can't do anything. So a big tip, this kind of, we're going off the, off the road a little bit here, but, um, a big tip that marketers encourage is creating an email list, you know, working, using your social media Mm -hmm. to collect email addresses because then you do own that email list. So if you would lose your social media for whatever reason, you have that email list that you can directly email your offers or what your services, your hours or what you have going on directly to that email list. So, um, I think it's, you still can have a website, even if it's a single one page website, just to have, you know, about you, what you do, your contact information, how Mm -hmm. people can reach out to you, your hours, um, is still important. And you can do that pretty easily and pretty low cost yourself. There's a lot of really good, um, kind of WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. Um, (laughs) website builders out there. We use Wix for the pumpkin patch, which I don't know if that's the best one, but it's worked for us. We were able to build our own site. Um, but another place too, is making sure your Google um, business page is verified. Cause you can, I mean, you think of, you know, when you're looking for a business, how often do you just go Google it? So if that Google business page is verified, you can add your own, your hours, you can link your website and your socials there. People can post pictures and tag you. Importantly, people can leave reviews there which is good, good and bad. But, um, you know, I think I, I go look at Google reviews all the time. So Mm -hmm. having that page set up is huge too. And I think going back to that email list, I feel like that kind of goes, marketing just all goes together. It seems like, you know, driving from social media to the website and then where that email comes in is you're still staying in that inbox of that potential customer or that current customer and you're driving them back to your social media page or driving them back to your website, you know? So, you know, I I feel like that is all very important. So we are going to take a quick break here on Ad Credit Set It and we'll be right back. Already have a nice low rate on your first mortgage loan? Looking for a way to use the equity in your home for improvements to your property without losing that nice low rate? Ag Credit offers a fixed rate, fixed payment second mortgage loan with a term of up to 10 years. Building a pole barn or making home improvements? For more information on where to get started, go to www.agcredit.net or call your local Ag Credit today. Welcome back to Ag Credit Said It. So we're we're going to strap ourselves in here, Libby. <laughs> you know we're gonna we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty of uh, we are. of social media here. So Kayla, I hope you're ready for this. <laughs> Nervous now. I know how you are with your off the wall rogue questions. <laughs> so batch content creating. Let's dive into that because <laughs> I am I'm all, I'm getting all about this social media stuff here. So yeah. I, you know you know I'm 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 an open book here. So you know just start teaching. Yeah, so um, batch content creating is just a great way to create a bunch of content at one time, one big batch of it. So, you know, you sometimes you get so busy on the farm in your day-to-day, you just forget to post or you don't have a, you're like, oh, I need to post, but I don't have a picture. Like, what should I, what do I do? So, you know, at a time when you're maybe slower, if you're doing something, say we're planting, like, okay, I'm going to take a whole bunch of photos and video clips just so I can start filling my camera roll with content. So anytime we're doing anything, just take extra random photos or like Saturday morning before the pumpkin patch opens, I might just take a lap and just take a bunch of photos of everything when it's all nice and clean. Mm -hmm. And then it's just photos you have in your camera roll ready to go whenever you need something. Okay. Um, Hold on. Okay. Can we stop for one moment? How should you take your photos? Is it different? Side, sideways. You know, that's how my daughters take, you know, the camera like half sideways, like about half my head. That's about <laughs> far, right? Future content creators. Is, is there different sizes for different posts between Facebook, Instagram, you know, t- well, I, 
yeah, I guess the other ones are video. This shows how yes. old I am, right? <laughs> Here we go. But no, there is. It's it's sometimes annoying because you you almost need to take both ways. You need to take photos horizontal and vertical. If and that's videos and photos. Yeah. Correct? So like like for the podcast when I am producing on the other side and I'm taking video clips and photos. I take photos vertically, horizontally, and I take videos both ways as well because just depending what you're posting on, they require different dimensions. So, you know, if you're trying to post to your Facebook or Instagram stories, you're going to want to be vertical to fill the space. If it's a photo on Facebook, typically a horizontal is going to be better. Instagram, you can do some horizontal now, but typically squares like the normal size. So, mm-hmm. You're going to want to make sure you can crop into the square. So as annoying as it is, you pretty much need to take all the directions <laughs> just so you have options and, you know, can use those photos across your platforms. So you look at photos. I guess I, here's a question I got. There's so many now that uh, we got the, the reels out there, small video clips, or even the YouTube where it might be a longer video clip. Do you th- see a better response from a video clip or a small video reel versus a just a regular photo post? Yeah, it, it's interesting. On Instagram, it goes back and forth. I actually spend a lot of time, personal time on Instagram. That's kind of my go-to platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been interesting to watch. I follow several like social media people that teach you how to social media, um, how Reels, when they first came out, were very popular. And like you, Reels, 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 you had to be video or it wasn't showing your content. But recently, it's actually shifted back to like just single photos or carousels where you have multiple single photos that you scroll through with like maybe information on each one or series of photos or whatever. Um, So really right now, I think you can use that variety um, of them, but it is good to kind of use all different varieties of, to just keep your page interesting. You know, if it's just a single photo every time that might get boring, but if you can incorporate a video clip here or there, sometimes a video clip can just share your message better depending mm-hmm. what you're trying to portray with that post. So you kind of just need to think about what you're wanting maybe the um, person to get from that post and think of what's the best way to deliver this content. So which, with the batch content creating and figuring out, you know, taking photos, videos of all, you know, all the different ways, <laughs> you know, okay, so I have all of these and let's say, you know, we're, we're farmer, we're all farmers, right? And, but we all have full-time jobs. We're also parents. How, how in the world do we have time to fit this in? Is there some tool that we can use where it'll just post it for us? We do it once and it'll just go the entire week or whatever month, however you can do it. Yes. I feel that. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm the social media person at the patch, and I don't know how many times or just you get so busy into your day, you're like, oh, I never posted today. Right. So the biggest tip, try to schedule your content out ahead of time. If you have extra couple hours some evening, you can post your whole week, month, whatever. Actually, at Ad Credit, we post typically our whole month of content out ahead of time. Um, and there's different tools for this. We use a paid um, platform for Ad Credit because we're, you know, obviously a larger business, but Facebook or Meta, so Facebook and Instagram are owned by Meta. So there's an app called Meta Business Suite, um, and I highly recommend it. So you download it right on your phone, and you actually can then go in there. You can even create drafts of posts if you don't want to schedule them out yet. You can type your messaging, put your photo or video in there, um, save it as a draft, or you can go ahead and schedule it like daytime when you want it to go, and it'll be in there and just automatically post when you scheduled it for. So that's a huge time saver. And once again, if you have that batched content, you know, you can sit down on a Sunday night and be like, okay, I have an hour. Let's schedule the week, pull your photos up that you have. And maybe even um, if you had some extra time one night, go in your notes on your phone and type in different, maybe content ideas you had, pull that up, plug it all in. You're good for the week. 
Have you used any um, tools such as um, not necessarily like an app or like scheduling posts, but something like a social media calendar where you're like scheduling out for like the whole entire, like you, you're just creating a plan for the whole entire year. So you don't miss like national, this is national ag week when we're actually recording this, um, you know, so, you know, not to miss things like that, that are very important to your business. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you can do that in any way that works for you. So like for me, I'm actually a very I like to have my hard copy calendar. I have my Outlook calendar at work that we have to have, but then I also have my hard copy that I like just write everything out in. And so just find what works for you. So maybe it is a printed, even just like one sheet that has every month and you just kind of plug in those important dates. So you remember like, oh, it's beef month. Like I'm a beef farmer. Mm -hmm. I should share about these specific things to celebrate beef month, but whatever maybe works for you, like even using your calendar app on your phone might be something that works or Google calendar. Um, Cause I think I don't use Google calendar, but I think can't you create like different calendars and like kind of code them and stuff. So you could have like a social media calendar and maybe plug in content ideas on there. Or like you said, different special holidays or so just kind of find what works for you and fits into your kind of lifestyle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just sounds like there's so many different tools <laughs> out there. Just kind of wonder how, you know, where do you, where do you start? <laughs> I know that's, that's a big one. So I think first of all, it's thinking of thinking of your business and what are your goals? Like, why are you wanting to create a page? Who are you trying to reach? And so I think if you start there and you decide you need a Facebook page, so just go make your Facebook page. And then before you make the Facebook page, I guess, plan out your content a little I was bit. Gonna like, see, you you, you want to create a little, a little bit little of a plan. Yes. Think of, you know, who's your ideal client? Like, who are you trying to reach with this? Who, um, what do they want to hear about? What mm-hmm. what problem are you solving for that person? And then, you know, create your content around that. Um, I think I want to say back in the branding one, we talked about content pillars, which is basically kind of creating, I don't want to get too deep in that because I don't have the, the exact definition on those, but basically it's your different platforms or different things you're going to talk about specifically on your page. So kind of develop those. Um, and like I said, it all really comes back to your goals. Like don't create a Facebook page just to have one, but right. if you're, going to actually use it as a tool in your business to share about your business, then, then do that. So yeah, go create your page though. Make sure you have a good profile picture of either your logo or, you know, for us, we, we have a picture of like our family in our Jason's pumpkin patch shirts. And so we're bright orange shirts in our little photo. And we have the same photo for like both Instagram and Facebook so that they match as part of your branding. That brand Um, recognition. Exactly. And kind of think out, you know, okay, what am I going to post? What am I going to post? And try to kind of plan, plan that out. You talk about posting, you know, with pictures and videos. Um, is there any other tools for social media that you can have some content creation? Um, I know I I've used um, Canva and which I think Canva is awesome. It's one yes. of my favorite th- tools to use. But is there any other tools out there that for that um, content creation piece of it? Definitely have to talk about Canva because it is like my number one favorite tool. Like we use it at ad credit. Like we have a professional design team, but we also use Canva just cause it's so, it's so good. It's very user-friendly. There's a free version and a paid version, which we have the paid version and it's very affordable. I want to say it's like, like $129 a year. Like it's, it's very affordable. And the tools you have on that are just amazing. You can upload your own photos. You can use like already made templates in there and just change the colors to fit your needs. The templates are huge. because if you don't have a design eye, like you can just pull up something someone else made and use it and just customize it to yourself. Um, but they actually have a lot of really good video and photo like clips, like stock photos in there um, that you can use as well. And so yeah, Canva is like one of my favorite things. Um, if you have the pro version too, you can actually create a graphic and then 
resize it to like whatever platform. So say you create a Facebook post, there's a tool in there where you can say resize for Instagram. It'll just rearrange everything and make it Instagram worthy for you. Or you can take a static post and make a reel out of it and it'll automatically do that and you can animate stuff. Um, there's also a really cool tool within Canva that's newer that I've played with a little bit, but it's um, an AI writing tool. So like if you're trying to write content mm -hmm. posts and you know, maybe you struggle with the writing part of a post, you can kind of put in there like, hey, give me like three tips about pumpkin farming today to share and it'll write something for you. The more I've played with it, you can't necessarily use it as is what it creates for <laughs> you, but it gives you a really good starting point of some kind of content writing that you can edit to fit, you know, so it kind of sounds like your voice, but right. gives you a good starting point. Um, yeah. So that's very cool. And guys, I want to say out there too, just a big shout out to our marketing department with Ag Credit. They do not get the credit they deserve sometimes for everything that they do for us. So we do want to thank you on that. Hey, thanks. So, try. so I got a, I got a good question here. Uh, you know, we talked about with social media and I kind of call it the keyboard warriors. You know, <laughs> I know, talk about negative comments you get out there. I know how I would handle it. It's a good thing you guys don't let, wouldn't, you know, let me handle things like that. But how, as a social media person, how do you handle that stuff? And I mean, I'm sure it's probably a lot of it that gets out there. <laughs> Yeah. So that's one thing, you know, when you're a farm business and you're opening your farm up to the public, you're of course with any business, it does not just farming, anything on social media, you know, can be draw negative attention, negative comments, negative people. Um, but the best thing to do is if you get something maybe negative, it gives you an opportunity to maybe explain on the positive or explain why you mm -hmm. do something. And I'd say the biggest tip though, is, you know, if you get something negative, respond as positively as you can on the public post, but then take that conversation into a private message or into your direct messages, or maybe it's in person if you know someone or like right. in an email, just something, take it off. But you do want to try to respond. So it doesn't look like you just ignored negativity on your page, but definitely don't, you know, you don't want to be getting in a fight. I, I got to feel, especially on the agriculture <laughs> side, I think we all agree here that I would guess most of the negative comments you get is from, uh, uneducated, uh, I don't want to say uneducated people, uh, people that just do not understand farming. They just don't understand what they we're doing. They don't have doing. an ag background. You don't have an ag background. Exactly. So uh, the more of this stuff that we can do, um, I'm, don't get me wrong, I know you're always going to have. Uh, Doesn't matter I, what you do. I, I may have <laughs> yeah. come out there, but almost, but no, it almost like, kill them with kindness a little bit. Exactly. You know? And it just gives you, you know, us as agricultural advocates to give the positive, share our story, say why we do things. This is how we do it, you know, and just having that social media platform is a free space to share that information and try to educate as many people as we can. Yeah. I think that just, I know, I feel like we get told share your story, share your story, share your story. And it's so hard to do to really put yourself out there. But if we're not sharing our stories, uh, you know, and I would say most of our farmers, like, I think that's why I love our job because every operation is so different and everybody has their story of, oh, this is, you know, we're the seventh generation on this farm. You know, that's so awesome just to understand, you know, where they started and where they came and sharing that piece of it. I think um, there's a lot of people that are rich into history, especially with any business, or mm -hmm. they want to know your background. And I think as farmer, you know, as farmers, it's just so important for us to, um, to continue that story and especially just, you know, share what you're doing. I feel like people have that connection to you and it makes them want to come to Jason's pumpkin patch rather than buying a pumpkin at, you know, at Kroger. Yeah. You know, they have that direct connection with you and, 
it just makes it so much more um, such an experience. I mean, we talk a lot about experiences too, and that experience. It's, piece it's of that it. pride factor too. Yes. I mean, any of us can sit here, any producer we work with, any producer out there, you are proud of what you do. You are proud mm-hmm. of what you've accomplished, and we can share it out there and just get that story and you know, just inform the public. And well, it's funny, like for us, the amount of people that are newer, like we still have, you know, get people that have never heard of us. We're in our 20, this will be our 23rd season. And they are like, oh, you've been here for 23 years. We're like, oh yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, I live, you know, just a few roads over and never like heard of you. How did I miss you? I did not know that. But you know, it's interesting now that like, as my kids get older too, you know, we'd share like, oh, like we had a, a, Jason had a baby, like, you know, cause it's Jason's pumpkin patch. So we Mm -hmm. always, we, you know, we're partnered up, but we always tease Jason when we don't want to do something. Well, this is Jason's pumpkin patch, not Kayla's pumpkin patch. So. But, you know, they, it's look, interesting Look forward watching. to a big remarketing thing here coming for next <laughs> season, Jason's pumpkin patch. But, like, you know, people do, like, remember Jason when he was little and started it out when he was 10 or 11 years old and have watched him grow up himself and then see this, you know, they come in like, oh, my gosh, Jason has a kid. They enjoyed watching him grow. And like you said, they're just so connected to our family. And, you know, now it's like, oh, we come every year because we had such a good time. We tell everyone about it. And that's awesome. so it's cool to have that connection. It kind of, as the business owner, gives you your why, reminds you of like why you do this when you get those people that come and are so excited to be there. So that a lot of that kind of helps even out any negative. Luckily, we don't get too much negative feedback. Look, it's good. Knock on wood. <laughs> but that positive stuff really outweighs it for sure. Well, Kayla, we are so, I think Matt and I both are so excited <laughs> that we finally got you on yes. a mic instead of behind <laughs> the soundboard here. And we thank you for um, putting yourself um, out there for all of us to listen to you and listen to your story of Jason's pumpkin patch and share a lot of um, good content on social media and what people should be, um, what should they should be doing or could be doing. Um, but we appreciate you being on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited and, to and finally be on here and you didn't drill me too bad. I've seen, so I've seen you guys our, in action for 30 how many episodes? So I know what you I know what you throw on people. Just sometimes. so all of our listeners know, any comments you want to make will go right to right to Kayla. So make sure to email her directly. Marketing so. at credit.net. <laughs> or if you do have any questions about social, like I like talking about social media. So if you do have questions about your farm business getting started on social, you know, we're known for being obviously a lender and helping, you know, farms on the business side, but social media is part of business. So, you know, I'm always happy to answer questions if you had questions or need help getting started or whatever, like, let me hit me up. <laughs> we'll put her contact information in the show notes along with I feel how like um, any public ag credit email you find on our website comes to me. So <laughs> podcast at credit info at agcredit.net marketing it. So pretty much anything, Anything you send high credit probably comes to me. <laughs> well, and we'll also share yeah. about Jason's pumpkin patch too. So if you oh, yeah, guys are wanting visit to visit the visit their farm and go on those hay rides, <laughs> um, you'll be able to find them there. A little smoother now since Kayla has been, uh, you know, promoted. She's not the driver anymore. So <laughs> right. I know Matt and Phil were kind of learning how to use the soundboard, so they're going to put me out of my job if they didn't learn how to work the soundboard. No, there here. there is no no replacement for you. You do a great job. Uh, you know. Uh, with Stacey McCracken, she is our true, you know, makes us sound the, the finished product, but you got to give it to Kayla. She takes some, some raw lumps of clay and, <laughs> you know, she can, she can mold something pretty good out of us. So. Thanks. It's been super fun to work on this with you guys. So. Well, we have enjoyed it. Definitely. That will be the end of this, uh, this episode. If you guys um, liked what you heard, please subscribe on any podcast um, platform and follow us on all of our social media platforms that we just talked about. And we'll see you guys next time on Ad Credit Senate. 
Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Said It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag Credit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.